0: what is going on you guys welcome back to down to the wire i'm brian costa and i'm john warren and we got a great show for you guys today we got a lot to talk about as you can tell if you're watching this on youtube we're actually outside it's a great night it's a great night here in central massachusetts so wanted to get out enjoy it john how you liking today
1: uh it was pretty rough midday but uh you know it was a low of 74 high of 94 (laughs) yeah a little heat wave but uh got through it you know the boys are getting some sun as you can oh, see yeah. <laughs> so um yeah we're definitely uh definitely on the up and uh summer's upon us yeah i definitely got some sun throughout the past uh couple days
0: throughout the past couple days i went uh went golfing this weekend i still suck <laughs> so uh trying to figure that out very very slowly i know my i know the people i'm golfing with they're, like my dad and everyone else they're trying to tell me like brian take it easy it's no big deal but i'm just like Try not to shank everything in the woods so i yeah, think no. that's
1: that's something i'm trying to a big results now guy yeah a uh, little I bit
0: completely understand that but yeah that's how i'm feeling
1: i'm really really good though that uh red sox swept so yeah red know. sox
0: sweep the yanks pretty solid sears watching a little bit of that last night so uh we had a we had a very generous strike uh strike three call there. A uh, foot
1: outside the strike zone i'll say that hey that, man well. everyone could have got thrown out for that one but you know <laughs> socks still swept that's yeah. all that matters no, I mean I'm happy about it. I'm, Bruins in seven.
0: Yeah, it looks like it's gonna be Bruins in seven. Man, we were gonna talk about that to lead off the show. I mean, the Bruins right now, they're, you know, they're down big to the Islanders right now. I think it's what five two.
1: Five two. Last time I checked.
0: Yeah, it's five two. Rask got pulled. It's not looking great. So we're gonna have to probably do this thing in seven. Unfortunately, if we we want to pull it out, which means we're gonna have to go back in, into New York and win it.
1: So it's not impossible, but it'll definitely be an uphill battle now.
0: Yeah, we this should have been a game we had to win and maybe pulling Rask and putting the kid uh, Swayman. And maybe this is kind of the, uh, maybe this is kind of the lightning rod that they need to say like, Hey guys, let, let's get on our A game. Let's do this thing. And you know, let's actually push for it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Because um, they decided to pull them just to uh, start it because Rask gave up, well, four goals, but uh, a couple uh, high sticking call was a little, uh, I could've gone both ways, I would say that. Yeah. You know, trying to be fair to the refs and the New York Islander fans watching. Yeah, you know, shout out Zach Cochran. <laughs> I don't know if he is, but huge New York guy. Oh yeah. But um yeah, I don't know. No. I mean it's been a definitely interesting series. The Islanders are definitely bigger and yeah. they're um can definitely hit and they're not dumb, you know, like uh Washington. So Yeah, no. Who is Washington is don't get me wrong, incredibly gifted team, but it's just going to be very interesting to see how they're going. Cause New York is still a very strong team and very well coached Absolutely. Their goalie is playing an incredible series right now. Yeah. He
0: is playing really well, really well for them. You know, when we've been able to snag those two, uh, those two wins, especially the overtime uh, with Marshy, that, that was a snipe of a goal for him and you know, yeah, being any, any goal we're able to get on this guy right now seems to be kind of a blessing for us. So, we gotta we gotta find the answer. We gotta find it now because you know this is definitely putting our season in jeopardy.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, I keep I want to see some uh, playoff hockey with the Bruins going down the line. So uh, come on, bees, get it together. Exactly. I mean, you've seen out of some
0: guys. You saw you, you just showed me a, a goal by Pasternak that he had tonight. Bobby Orr esque, I think, is the appropriate way to say it. it was yeah, yeah, very nice around. looking.
1: Yeah, it was very very nice. And uh, I mean, you can't really do anything about it. We're losing. That's kind of. How uh, I look at it, like no matter how much, like you don't win at the end of the game, it really doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely was good to look at though, in the moment.
0: Yeah, no, the only stat that matters is that W, you gotta, and frankly, the Bruins got to turn it on. So, you know, whatever it takes, man, let's see it happen. uh But, you know, obviously, the big thing that we wanted to get into to start the show, uh you know, I, if I had had another show during the week, I probably would have hyped this up, hyped this up during the show, maybe would have gotten uh, one of my fighting analysts on the show. But, uh, it, it is now come and gone and we now have seen uh we've now seen the epic showdown, I'd have to say, between uh Logan Paul, the YouTuber, and Floyd Money Mayweather. I still can't believe that th- that this happened.
1: I mean, the money was there. Yeah. You hear, you hear it in his name. He was talking about it beforehand. He's doing exhibitions where he's making thirty million. Like he was saying, just to put on his shorts for it, he made thirty million.
0: Yeah. I mean he I think he I think he actually characterized this as legalized robbery. And you know he he did, and and some people were saying, would you ever come back to boxing full time? And and he just said, man, if I'm doing this and I'm making this for exhibitions, why the hell would I go back to boxing? Full-time? I don't
1: blame him. He's forty years old. Yeah, he's uh, old. Like there's
0: no reason that he that he should want to go f- another do another fifteen round prize fight if he's doing this and he's doing great, like. I mean, he's 44 years old. I mean, you know, this is, I mean, you know, able to do come out and, you know, perform the way he did against Logan Paul. He now. made a hundred
1: million or something. Yeah. He made a ridiculous amount of money. He yeah. made more money than Michael Jordan in 15 years on the, what was it on the um, Bulls? Really? Yeah. They're saying in the last 15 years of his NBA career, he made more than Michael Jordan. That's insane. In that one fight. That's ridiculous. Something like that. It was ridiculous. Yeah. No, I mean, it's,
0: it was an absolutely absurd fight. Now, I mean, I was watching it, and, you know, I'll give all the credit in the world for Logan Paul for getting in the ring with him. I mean, you know, he's he's 44, and he is taller than him, but to get in the ring with the best defensive boxer of all time, that takes that does take some guts, so I will give him some credit for that. Yeah,
1: I mean, he did get knocked out, but, like... <laughs> Floyd held him up. Floyd held him up because Floyd won the bag, and I don't blame him. I would have, too, but uh, definitely... Um, I mean, it was disappointing, but at the same time, also very impressive to watch from both sides because... You look at uh look at floyd and he's old and he's still looking pretty good and he still looks like you know a little youthful and he got like a little kick and then there's logan paul who god knows i like the guy was a wrestler in high school but yeah. like no so he, like has- he had the reach and he had like he was staying in there and he was hanging in there with arguably the greatest boxer of all time yeah at, aside at least aside from muhammad ali, ali yeah. tyson like guys tyson, like that but floyd's like right up for his, there. for his weight class arguably the best
0: ever i so. mean and of this generation it's unquestionable yeah but i mean you know yeah exactly you can't you can't teach that that's a it's it's insane but Floyd's greatest Bader
1: defensive was. boxer too and he landed some hits yeah like, he no landed a couple body hits and everything and he hung in so i mean
0: yeah i mean i all I, credit I, to him yeah i was watching the fight i'm Unfortunately, I was hearing for uh, some people that uh, were illegally streaming the fight. It appears that all the illegal streaming sites got shut down because so many people were sharing the links. So, good uh, R.I.P. to StreamEast.Live, Live. R.I.P. to Crack Streams. Uh, R.I.P. to all those streams because apparently. Uh, too many 13 year olds and too many casuals were trying to catch a Logan Paul fighting. And yeah, because no. of it, I think we just lost a bunch of streaming services. Now I wasn't streaming anything illegally cause you know, the streams are down. So I couldn't do anything, but uh, RIP to Neither those. Neither one who, we would before, you know, yeah, no, exactly. people around here. Exactly. RIP to those who RIP to those who uh, ended up losing that Yeah. Cause... moment of
1: silence real quick. All right, let's continue. Yeah. It,
0: unfortunately we're outside. So there are animals that are going to bug us. So uh, it, No, I mean, listen, I was, I I ended up just having to, you know, check out the fight and, you know, I ended up just seeing stuff go down. And, you know, early on, it looks like Logan was actually hammering uh, Floyd pretty well. He actually kind of came out. came in very aggressive. Yeah. Well, he knew that's what was going to happen. And I think people going to the fight, they they expected either, they expected two things to happen. They, I mean, they expected two things, but, but they knew a third thing could happen. And and it was either Logan's going to come in, he's going to go swinging for the fences and he's going to knock Floyd out in the first or second round or he's going to do that he's going to miss and not be able to do it and Floyd is going to take advantage of that and just sock him which he did at one point but he did end up holding him up but what but what it turned into which is the third result was you know Logan came out doing what he was doing and Floyd you know kind of you know stayed true to himself he decided to you know you know walk him down kind of you know you know tire him out in his own right and you know Floyd Floyd played Floyd you know boxed to his own game he didn't he didn't go for the big swing and miss cuz he hasn't done Cause he hasn't, you know, he hasn't knocked a guy out cleanly since 2011. I know he m- knocked out McGregor versus teak for on a technicality in uh 2018, but he hasn't knocked a guy out in a decade. So he realized that and he, and he said, okay, I'm gonna, he said, all right, I'm going to go out here. I'm going to tr- just try to put on a show. He did it and he still, you know, boxed to his game credit to him, up, credit to him for that. And, you know, all in all, I think it was a, I think it was a win for the sport. I enjoyed watching it now. You know, are some people are saying? I know some people are saying like, well, this possibly takes away from people spending money on other big fighters like a Canelo Alvarez, like a uh, like a Tyson Fury versus versus I believe it was uh, Anthony Joshua, yeah, and they th- or like a Fury Wilder three. They think that like takes away from possible money for it. I mean, listen, I, I there was a good argument I think I think that Max Kellerman brought up with what brought up with this, and I I'm not the biggest Max Kellerman guy because of how he you know used to bash Brady, but I will say this he. I I think he said, like, you know, the majority of people watching this fight were casuals. I I think, you know, majority maybe like fans of Logan Paul. Floyd Mayweather brought some good boxing fans as well. But I think a good amount of people that bought this fight package were doing it for Logan Paul and for the allure of that. I don't think they were true boxing fans that really bought it. I agree. So I think the true boxing fans, when those fighters do go, it's going to be like, okay, let's do this. And what I think it also opens up the opportunity to do is those casuals that brought in. It makes them it makes them say like, all right, Logan Paul and Jake Paul can go do this. Right. Wh- what can Canelo Alvarez do? What can Anthony Joshua do? What can Tyson Fury do? And it makes them and it makes them kind of like, you know, explore things more. I think maybe like maybe now they'll go and look at, you know, Manny Pacquiao's past. Maybe they'll go and look at old Mike Tyson clips and, you know, get, and get into boxing through that. So if it's able to maybe reach another market, I, I give it credit for that now. I I, de- I definitely give a lot more credit to Logan for getting in the ring with uh, Floyd Mayweather versus- than where I do to Jake Paul for going in and fighting Ben Askren, you know, who looks like an yeah. old milkman at this point. And-
1: yeah, I mean, Floyd, I mean, kind of took it seriously. He looked in great shape. Yeah. I mean, he always is like he keeps himself physically fit and he does. But. I mean, he had a, he had a great point. He's like, if you're not, if you're not boxing for the fun, what is it? He's like, I got kids to feed. Yeah. He's like, people think that's a joke, but like, it's not. He's like, <laughs> it's very true. And I also agree with the uh, statement about uh, possibly just bringing in fans to boxing. Cause I think like, regardless of the sport, like both the Paul brothers have really helped the sport if, yeah. I think that's unarguable. No, they, like, I think I, I mean some down. some people are saying that it's
0: kind of killing it in a way and and listen, I could understand if you know if if Logan had gone in there and he had flush knocked out Floyd, I think that probably would have would have been bad for the sport of boxing cuz
1: yeah, because it, it, it cause would have been. been
0: like it would have been like the greatest fighter of all time no guy was able to take him out but this YouTuber trains for like Three years and is able to do it. And obviously he's 44, and obviously there's a major weight difference. But it would have been a would have been a very bad look. But you know he, you know I think I think the allure of it and what it does is interesting for the sport of boxing. And you know while I while I want to see Jake Paul, who I think is the better fighter of them, I think that you know that would have probably been a more interesting fight to see because I think you know Logan, I'll give him credit. He he's better than I thought he was. I saw him in I saw him in the KSI fight where he was fighting him KSI two where it was actually a legit match, and he looked solid, but. Uh, when you when you look at Jake, Jake is a mauler and he he goes for the big knockout punch. He, I mean, he's, Jake, he, kind
1: of takes it more seriously. I feel like more than Logan. Too. Yeah,
0: I mean, he hasn't Logan hasn't fought, I don't think, in like two and a half years. Like, I, like Logan, I feel like is more of a casual with it where he'll if, 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 if it's presented to him, he's he'll train. He'll go for it. But I feel like Jake is actually training for it. And like actually trying to get into it, and you know what? Regardless of the guys he's fighting, it seems like he's the actual guy that's you know really trying to take it seriously as an athlete perspective.
1: Yeah, I agree. And then, um, yeah, I mean, Jake just got signed to fight. That's kind of legit now. Yeah, he got signed to fight Tyron Woodley, former UFC five-time world champion. I mean, Tyron Woodley is um, he's I think on a losing streak right now. Yeah,
0: so he's lost his last four fights. He's never boxed before, but. Uh, and he's, and he, I think he's about 39 years old at this point, but you know, to his own right, you know, uh, you know, I have, I have kind of my uh, complaints, you know, with, with the way that Jake Paul maybe has gone, gotten into boxing game. he hasn't fought an official boxer yet, but I guess for the way he's doing things, it kind of, he's incrementally, I guess, worked himself up because he went f- uh, from go- fighting a guy, Anison Gibb, who was another YouTuber and frankly, you know, he had one of the worst fighting styles I've ever seen as a as a boxer. He, w- yeah, he was yeah. doing this weird crouching stance where he was like trying to throw weird jabs, in. it was the ugliest stance I've ever seen for a boxer. And then he went, to, then, then he went on to fight. We've seen uh, bad ones, folks. Yeah, and then he went on to fight Nate Robinson, Mate clown him because Nate Robinson kind of went into it like a street fight and was swinging away, and you know looked awful in that fight. And then he went to go fight Ben Askren, and for anyone who knows uh, anything about UFC. Ben Askren is like the last guy you want in a striking fight. He is a strictly wrestling guy. Like he's known for saying, like, I don't need to know how to strike because I can beat guys in wrestling. And Jake Paul went out and he got him knowing that, knowing that about him. So I think that this is a step up because Woodley is known for striking a little bit more. Obviously, you know, he's more mixed martial arts and you know, can and is more used more used to using his whole body, but he is a more legit striker. Now, after this, you have to get into the boxing game. I think at least with an amateur, at least with some sort of a novice that's been in for three years. I want to see what, I want to see what this guy can do against actual competition. Cause guess what? He can go and beat up guys all day. And like, guess what? It, it'll make some money, but until you actually get in the ring, man, and you test it against a real guy, like there, there's always going to be, there's always going to be that questionable, uh, you know, kind of sitting above your head.
1: Yeah, I agree. Definitely. And, um, yeah, I mean, bringing it back to the point, like the Paul brothers have really been the face of well boxing for a little bit now, like yeah. in the past year, so.
0: Mm-hmm. And I I don't think too many people are going to be fond fa- are fond of that to say, but you know, I think it's
1: definitely brought like attention. I honestly think you could see it in a good light. Like, I, I think there's full. definitely
0: a good light to it, but I think it also shines a bad light on the promoters in boxing. Cause you know, I, I agree with Cause that. John, I was talking to you about it before the show and I've been hearing all about it on, you know, ESPN and all those guys. They've been, they've said, you know, the promoters in boxing have screwed so I've screwed the fans out of so many great fights. Cause you think of, you know, Pacquiao Mayweather, that was a great fight for people to watch. That fight technically should have happened 10 years prior yeah. but the promoters you know couldn't couldn't sort over money and it became a whole issue in that right
1: yeah i agree and then definitely um yeah it just didn't happen and then now like like even like uh the whole thing with uh dana white and jake betting on himself saying like hey you know what like i'll double your carriage to the guy he said if you beat me i'll double your carriage if you lose you donate it to a charity of my choice and i mean just up in the stakes and really betting on yourself. I think it's bringing back a little bit, but like at the same time, like they both don't really know what they're doing. So it's really uncharted waters for both of them while these other guys Definitely. are experienced. And I mean, it brings a little shame to the sport, you know, the way they're talking about it, going about each other's wives and everything else and all that stuff It's just good attacking them personally. I mean, you don't really touch family. Yeah. But At the same time, like some of these guys aren't really taking them seriously and they're really only chasing the money because of, well, we talked about it, the promoters of the fight. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I
0: mean, family is kind of the one area that you'd kind of stick away from because it's just never going to do you well, Uh, but. But, you know, I think the final thing that we wanted to talk about in boxing news of the night, uh, you know, also came in the also was part of the undercard for the uh, for the Logan Paul Mayweather fight. Uh, We got got to see Chad Ocho Cinco put on the gloves and he got knocked out. Yeah, he he got I mean. He got up, he finished all four rounds, but man, Chad Ojasenko took one hard. And yeah, he hey went man,
1: down. he was very respectful about it. And he knew going in, he even said, He's like, if I can last four rounds with this guy, he's like, I won in yeah. his eyes. So, I mean, guy trained for three months, had no experience, went in there, gave it his all, got knocked out a little bit, gave up McDonald's. Like, that's yeah. Chad giving up McDonald's, which is walked big away with a million. Him. I mean, again going right to that promoting
0: yeah he he was talking about he was talking about not being able to eat mcdonald's and he said that was like a struggle for him cuz i he had to lose 20 pounds for this fight he actually had to like you know get in like maybe not football shape but at least good enough shape again to, he's always been
1: a small guy too well, very like thin.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like, it, it's not like, it's not like he did a, like a DeMarcus Russell and put on like, no. like so many pounds. Like it was like a 20 pound like thing. It's like, okay, like you're retired, You're, you're chilling out. You're, you're, there's no need for him to be working out like that. So, but when, you know, it came, it came to that, he said, all right, I got to get down to this weight class. And, and, and like he was talking to the promoters. Kudos to him, man. He was talking to the, uh, talking to the reporters and, and he ended up going, he ended up going, yeah, I, I had to give him McDonald's. And they were kind of laughing. He's like, no, this was a struggle for me. Like,
1: I was, I he was, he has so it pissed. every single day. I follow him on Instagram <laughs> very closely. Followed The Athlete, too, their podcast. Yeah. The with an Athlete. Bra- with, uh, him and Brandon Marshall and a couple others. It's really good podcast, actually. Yeah. But, um, I think Terrell Owens, too, is on that one. Yeah. And I mean, they got Jake Paul on it one time. They got Jake Paul on it. But like, The thing is, is that like he really dedicated himself and he is really still in crazy athletic shape, you know, racing like Tyreek Hill and still like, granted he didn't win, but like he was still running really fast
0: for his age. No, I mean, he, he's an incredible athlete. And I, I mean, you know, one of, one of the more talented receivers that we have should
1: probably be a hall of famer later, later on in his career
0: yeah I mean he he was just an all-time character I mean Ocho Cinco is you know a crazy uh just just a crazy cat I think I wish him the you know I I hope that he you know continues to make I don't think he's gonna do boxing anymore but he said you know maybe he just tries to do something else and maybe he says he's just trying to live life to the fullest right now so Chad go for it, man I wish you
1: the best yeah go for it 85 yeah
0: exactly uh and you know that that kind of that kind of concludes what we had in boxing news. Uh, but what I did want to, but, and now we're going to jump over to what originally was going to be the topic of the show. Had we done it uh, before the fight? Uh, and that's, and you know, I'm surprised that I haven't gotten the chance to talk about it on the show yet at this point, but in NBA news, uh, you know, the, the Boston Celtics after, you know, after the, after Kyrie calling out the city of Boston, we didn't get to talk about the, about the idiot fan throwing a bottle at him and making the entire city look like a bunch of, it is what it is. Yeah, It was a st- stupid kid. People and,
1: who know Boston know that's
0: not. And it, the kid was just a the kid was an idiot. And, you know, frankly, you know, if you want to ban from TD garden, ban from PD garden, I, I, I'd have no issues with that because, you know, what are you doing? Like uh, you put the entire city in a bad light, but then, you know, the, but then, you know, you go back to Brooklyn, we end up losing there. and,
1: you know, what can you really do, though? I mean, Tatum played his ass off and there was no one else around. Yeah, he
0: so. really did. It was a gentleman's sweep, though. We lost in five. So it was nothing like really too special for us. Uh, but, you know, the next day after the game, after the game concludes, we get the news that Danny Ainge is retiring from the president of basketball ops and that Brad Stevens is going to become the new Danny Ainge. Now, I uh, I was pretty shocked at this. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have your thoughts first and then I'll go into it.
1: Yeah. So honestly, um I can't say that I saw it coming, but I mean, I thought he was going to do this later on in his career, but I think it's the Celtics trying to make a power move and saying he's good, but like, he's like, we want to keep him, but like we should probably try to move in a new direction as a coach. So I think Brad Stevens is going to make the moves that Danny Ainge struggled to make with securing a big man or power forward, try to, you know, bump that up. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think, it's a good way. And, um, you know, great career, you know, from Danny Ainge, like, yeah, as like an exec. I mean, he didn't, he had his struggles, you know, here and there, just like everyone does. But at the end of the day, he did bring Boston another championship, got us out of the drought. So, yeah, no, I mean, listen for what Danny Ainge did for the city of Boston. Thank I I'm,
0: I'm so, I'm so grateful for what he did for the city. I'm, you know, overly excited. I, I'm, I was, overly indebted to him as a Celtics fan because of what he managed to do for us. You know, tried to tried to, you know, start another dynasty with the Kyrie trade. Obviously that fell apart for reasons not, you know, really, not really belonging to him. Kyrie just became the person that that he became and that kind of became his own issue. Uh, but, you know, you know, was able to deliver us the championship in 08 and it was a great, it was a great run for us there. Uh, but you know, I, I will say this. I actually I actually really like the move of Brad Stevens going to present of a basketball. Yeah, game. I agree. I really like it because you know, I think that Brad Stevens is a great basketball mind, but the but the issue I had with him, and you know, I I, I was kind of like saying like, you know what, I don't really like Brad Stevens as the coach of this team because, you know, he, I don't think he I don't think he gets vocal enough with the players, and I think that you know I was listening to him, you know, he was miked up during the bubble one time, and it went to timeout, and he was with the guys, and, and he ends up going like, all right, guys, let's go, team, let's let's get this thing together, and it just did not sound like you know like like a coach who was like really rallying the guys. Now I I heard about reports like saying that you know, maybe that, you know, I guess behind the scenes, Brad Stevens was like like a bit of a harsher guy and maybe, you know, had some, you know, more criticism for the guys, but personally as a fan, I never saw it. And, you know, I, I I was just like, you know what, we're going to lose this guy. And I kind of Put a lot of blame of of you know maybe players not receiving it on the players. I was like, I was like, listen, this guy knows what he's talking about, but unfortunately he wasn't going through. And I'm like, we're gonna lose a pretty solid coach or a pretty solid basketball mind just because the players don't like it. I like this move because it's like the holy Indiana thing. No, exactly. I like Brad Stevens going to this role because he does. He doesn't necessarily have to be you know you know confronting the guys about all this stuff. He can you know be working the working the phone lines and actually you know be making those moves. And you were saying he can make the move. He can make the trades that Danny age never wanted to make. When, when Danny Ainge was making a trade, you know, he kind of had, he kind of always had the, the objective of trying to, you know, no matter what, be the winner of the trade just, and, you know, that's a good mindset to have. But when you're trying to, you know, build, get the pieces together and say like, and say like, all right, we need a big man, Danny Ainge, I feel like would always be like, all right, but can we get that extra first? Can we get that extra thing? And I think for a lot of GMs, it, it was like, no, we're going to give you this. And it's kind of take it or leave it. And Danny Ainge, you know, maybe had some good offers on the table and he kind of, and he kind of just, you know, left it hanging there because he wanted to, you know, get a little more. I think Brad Stevens knows the needs of this team and I, I think he's going to execute in getting them.
1: Yeah. I'm really excited to watch his first year, honestly. And. I agree. I'm just wondering who's going to be the next Celtics head coach.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions as to where that's going to go. I know. I mean, I know as soon as the, the news broke, everyone was saying, Kevin Garnett, baby, let's go.
1: Wasn't it uh Sam Castle, one of them, too? He yeah. was an old player.
0: Yeah, Sam Cassell. I actually really like that as an idea. I think that, you know,
1: he it, has experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, as soon as he was done playing, he got into coaching. And I actually really like him as a possible candidate.
1: Kevin Garnett would be great.
0: Kevin Garnett would be, I think, great as an assistant. I don't think he has any coaching experience. Kendrick Perkins perk would be funny as, a, as that would a coach. be funny
1: but that would be terrible i feel like or it could be really good i don't know he I, really fires up the players
0: i'd like him as a player mentor i don't know how i don't know how his coaching game is but i'd like him at, at least in that room with the guys
1: yeah i agree he definitely seems like a good guy to have around and everyone really respects him
0: mm-hmm. i mean another guy that i guess is on the list right now is uh i, I know lloyd pierce, pierce is on there i don't know too much about him i know he's been with the atlanta hawks and has done some stuff with them But another guy who's on the list right now, who I guess, you know, at least we'll be getting interviews with us is uh, Jason Kidd, who's, you know, with the Lakers right now. He just took himself out of the conversation to be the head coach with the Portland
1: Trailblazers. I wonder if that's because of the Celtics opening up. You can have like, you know, a star like Jason Tatum. Yeah, I mean, very well. Kudos to Jason Tatum, too. He really kind of turned it on. Yeah. It's kind of showing you guys like that, like he's a legit star player and you, I feel like even though Jalen Brown kind of being out and having an off year, you could say, I feel like Jason Tatum has really emerged as the number one. Yeah, no, he's undeniably he's
0: coming through now and it's actually looking, I'm actually very happy about that. But, you know, I, I did mention Damian Lillard, uh, kind of, you know, you know, being the reason being, uh, one of the guys that was vocal about getting, uh, Jason Kidd to the, uh, Jason Kidd to the Sheree Blazers. I know, I know, uh, kid took himself out of that conversation. Now that could be him, not maybe liking Dame that much, but it also could be the thing fact-
1: made some comments about him apparently
0: yeah but it all i feel like it also could be like a situation of, of him of him saying like listen dame might be out of here and i'm not really trying to go to a team that you know is a i'm not really trying to go to a portland trailblazers team without Damian lillard because frankly that's just, have anyone that's else. just a minor league basketball team exactly I, well I, yeah cj is great but you know you cj's not dame yeah no he's not dame and i feel he could take dame away from that offense and you know i think you know they just go back to being like you know just uh, just a you know a team that you just steamroll over and like they they I feel like they just they just become an afterthought so I agree so I think frankly you know that's the one thing that I think Jason Kidd is probably saying is, is like I don't want to go there they they trade Dame and I'm stuck as the head coach of this of this franchise yeah now if Damian Lillard was you know made available by by trade if, if you're the Boston Celtics how much would you be willing to give up for him
1: It's a good question I mean Do we really need Damian Lillard though? I mean because Damian Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, and then we also got Jalen Brown. Yeah. I like it. (laughs) I mean, like, and I don't know.
0: I mean, I mean, listen, I think that I I don't want to necessarily lose Smart, but I think, you know, obviously, I think Smart is the type of player that, you know, if we were to trade him, it would hurt. But I think that Smart is the kind of guy that really only works within a Celtics type system.
1: I agree. I feel like smart has to stay. I feel like if anyone, it would be uh, probably uh Williams.
0: Williams would be a, Williams would
1: probably be a guy you have to deal with.
0: But I, I honestly don't think that if we were to trade smart, we, we would feel the impact on, on our team, but I don't think it would come back to bite us. If he went to another organization, I, I think that, you know, frankly, you know, what he does defensively, I feel like, you know, what he provides as a player is kind of only unique to Boston. I don't know if he'd be able to replicate that in, in another market necessarily. I agree.
1: He's very, very, very like um, home team type guy.
0: Yeah. I'm, and, you know, I'm not saying anything about Marcus Smart being a bad player. I just don't know if, you know, outside of an, in another system, like if he went to, I don't know, like the Grizzlies, would he still be a, would he be a similar guy there if he went to the Heat? probably would be a similar guy because of how jimmy butler plays but you know just other teams like how would he fit in there like would he be able
1: to be a good like a salt like the player he is here yeah i don't know it would be very difficult i think to replicate that but honestly i think dame's staying because dame's a very loyal player but yeah. i think if dame's gonna be gone i think it's gonna be because they trade dame yeah. to get value and try to rebuild but mm-hmm. That is what it is then at that point but
0: yeah and one of the last things that i wanted to touch on in nba news was uh coach k uh he actually just retired from college basketball now i know he's probably done with coaching but you know if boston gave him a call and frankly if this had happened a year sooner i would have you know been ecstatic. static <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, I, mean, I unfortunately it's not happening. I, I know I know Coach K is probably done. Uh, but you know, obviously he hadn't had a tremendous career with Duke. But as soon as I saw I as soon I'm, as I saw I'm him kinda anne- sad about that one, Brian. I don't know how we're gonna be now. Yeah. I saw him announcing his retirement the same day all this stuff was going down. I was like I was like, Wait, is something in the tea leaves? Like what's going down? Is there like a master plan that I don't know about? Which, you know, that would have been awesome to see. I would have been pumped for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would have definitely uh made it interesting, but I don't know. I think he's done. I mean, he's yeah. had a really, really, really long and Hall of Fame career. Yeah.
0: I mean, all, I just want to I just I did want to get that in. Hats off to him. And another th- quick thing I did want to touch on in NBA news before we do uh, go on to, I believe, our final topic, our final uh, segment of the night. Uh, NFL uh, was that uh, LeBron actually lost a, a playoff series in the first round for the first time. So uh, let's go.
1: <laughs> I know Devin Booker playing up CP3 playing up DeAndre Aiden. People forgot about him. Yeah. Still playing very, very good. Yeah. Basketball. And yeah, you know, they had a really, really solid series. And I mean, Suns also match up extremely well against the Lakers, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the Lakers, you know, AD was like in and out every single game. So Mm -hmm. I just didn't think it was happening. And people can say LeBron's washed or whatever. LeBron's not washed. LeBron was injured and he he was strained. LeBron's never going to be Jordan. That's just... Is but like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like this is not going to tarnish LeBron's uh, career as much as people think it will be. I don't think it will either. And then him taking his talents to the Tune Squad this (laughs) summer—that was
0: that. That was that was corny. uh, Yeah, that was corny, especially after losing a playoff series. I I was like, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. But you know, one of the things that I was looking at with uh with the whole LeBron loss, and I was kind of taking this to heart. Uh you know, trying to, trying to think about it, but it was, you know, it was the fact that, you know, he goes down like this. And and you know, I pe- saw people on Twitter saying like the heat and the heat and the Lakers go out in the first round and people didn't realize people were somebody, you know, had the smarts to say, yeah. And they had only 71 days to get ready between this next season. While well, you know, guys that have been out of the playoffs since March, there were teams that, you know, one when, when the season shut down in March, they didn't play again until December. They had like a full like seven month vacation. Like the guys that on the teams that suck now, again, Did that really impact them? Not probably not that much because you know their teams weren't that good, anyways. But you know, the Celtics, the the Celtics, Suns.
1: Suns had that whole break,
0: yeah. The Suns had a pretty solid break, even though they were in the bubble, but and you know, a you know, the Lakers had like, you know, they b- barely had any time to really get back into it. So, you know, it was, it was a grind for them. And, you know, I, I think that that definitely hadn't had an effect. I think that the Lakers this year, you know, kind of just treated the regular tra- kind of treated the 72 regular se- game, uh, 72 game regular season, rather kind of just as a uh, exhibition and just say like, all right, it doesn't matter where we're seated. We're going to be able to go in the playoffs and do just fine.
1: Yeah. I agree also because um am like, they kind of, it seemed like half-assed kind of the season. Yeah, they honestly. did.
0: <laughs> I mean, but I mean, but granted you have LeBron and AD, it, it, it should be like, it's almost kind of like the Patriots going into the golden playoffs, just being like, Oh, first seed, second seed. doesn't matter. We have Brady and we have Gronk and we have all those guys and we should be fine. But that became its own thing.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, uh I don't know. It's uh very interesting who you got winning the finals this year.
0: Honestly, I, 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 it's a, it's a very tough decision for me now. I, 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 I think you got to go with the Nets just because out of, of pure talent. I mean, they're playing; they're playing ridiculous they're right playing now. You, out of their
1: mind. I mean,
0: you, you were talking about you were talking about earlier about Harden's uh, out, but Harden's yeah. out, but you still got Kyrie, Katie, Blake. You got all those guys. You were talking about you are talking Chris about Chris
1: Middleton right now cannot shoot to save his life. So. Yeah,
0: you were talking about Blake before the program about how he puts on a Nets uniform and how he actually wants to play basketball again. Yeah, it's he, ridiculous. He dunked on Giannis.
1: <laughs> he dunked on Giannis, and then Katie crossed Giannis, and then. Uh, Kyrie also crossed Giannis. Yeah. So he's having a rough night.
0: So I think they're having their way with them. I think out of the Western conference, I'd like to see the Utah jazz make it to the finals. I, I like, I like, I like Donovan Mitchell.
1: I think that's a far stretch, but I think they will. I think, uh, I think Denver's going to win that Denver, Denver. I would give them a lot of credit too, just because of what they have. I mean, Jamal Murray's out though. So that's, that a, is tough. But, uh, you know, Michael Porter jr. My boy up <laughs> finally, yeah. Listen up. like five years to finally figure it out. But.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love myself some Donovan Mitchell. I think he is an. I think he's an outstanding player. So, I'd like to to see him finally get some of the recognition that he deserves, and that would be great. You know, I'd like to see what the Phoenix Suns can do in the West. See if they. I mean, I don't think that I don't think they have enough in them to make a finals run, but you know, make a deep run in the playoffs. You know, definitely is putting some respect on Phoenix's name, which for the past couple of years had completely
1: left the had completely Devin left the bunker, desert, man. Devin Booker's legit. He's good. Yeah, he's been legit, but he's good. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. solid. He definitely deserved many All-Star votes, but he's been solid and he's been consistent, which is the biggest thing in this league. So yeah,
0: I mean, if the if the Nets didn't exist, this would actually be a really interesting playoffs because because it would be like I literally have no idea who who's gonna make it now. The Nets could fall apart, and this could be like a uh, this could be just like a super team failure, and you know, but I really have my doubts with that just because of how stacked they are. And, they're you know,
1: deep too. because
0: outside of the big three, you still got Joe Harris, who's a, who's a walking bucket and can knock down like threes, like threes at large. And he's, you know, one of the better three point shooters in the league, they're stacked all around and, you know, outside of the big three, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, you know, I think that it's definitely going to be, uh, I, I think it's definitely going to be the nets out of the East, I, regardless of how that goes. But I do, but I am excited to, you know, see, I am excited to see this thing through. I agree. And I think with that, that concludes our that concludes our uh, NBA segment. So that moves us into our final segment of the night, which is the NFL. Uh, You know, some big news going on there, which we weren't able to which we weren't. We had no knowledge of it when it went down. But obviously, Julio Jones uh, had been in you know possible trade talks uh, to New England Patriots and to the Tennessee Titans. There had been some moves going on there. And it believes that, and and we believe, and it, you know, it looks now that I, it's official. It it is official. All right. I I, I, so yeah, I wanted to make sure. Uh, so Julio Jones is going to the Tennessee Titans. He's going to be pairing up with AJ Brown, catching passes from Ryan Tannehill and man, what a move. They got him for what a second and a fourth,
1: uh, next year, second uh, year after that fourth and they gave up Julio and, um, at a six next year that's nuts yeah it is it's very very big move especially when you know arguably the best wide receiver in football like gets on the move and really just requested a trade kind of seeming like out of nowhere but yeah um it's definitely interesting because uh you look at ryan Tannehill's uh stats uh they're comparing him to patrick mahomes and he has a better qbr yeah i mean uh, ever since ever
0: since he's gotten to uh, Tennessee, he's completely turned himself around as a quarterback. It's one of the greatest, you know, resurrections I think I've ever seen in the sport because you saw him in Miami and he was a dumpster fire in Miami. He was awful. Let's take it. a look
1: at who is his head coach. You know, like I mean, he had Adam
0: Gase. I mean, listen, I'm I'm not saying anything about that, and but but you know, like
1: I it saw- makes you wonder though. You think like Sam Darnold. Carolina, because like you see how good Ryan Tannehill has been. Like, you take a look, he
0: could be a stud in Carolina. That's actually something I really want to take. I really want to watch this season, but you know, I was seeing Ryan Tannehill as a guy, and I remember, I remember, like, you know, I remember Miami fans saying he's gonna lead us to the promise. And I'm seeing this guy in the field, I'm just like, this guy's injury
1: prone too. Yeah, that
0: that was a big thing too. I was like, you know, maybe he would have had it in him, but injuries, but then goes to the Tennessee Titans, goes there as a backup behind Marcus Mariota. Mariota kind of, you know, earned his way out of the job. Uh, Tannehill comes in, plays amazing and you know has because has just been a staple of the franchise yeah, i've signed since.
1: four years a 100 something mil good it, for him, it's
0: insane i'm i'm actually really glad for him he for what he did and to turn his to turn his uh time as a uh, to, to turn his player tenure around good for him man i i i thought he was going one way as a player i thought he was going to be like a geno smith eric like level kind of bust kind of guy and that was going to be it for him but you know, he's a legit, he's a legit quarterback. It's one of the, it's one of the, you know, the redemption stories that I don't think is talked about enough in the NFL.
1: Yeah. What do you think about that division though? You know, they're going to be playing Indy twice a year. Indy has a solid defense. They got a, Indy's all around good team. If, um, Carson Wentz figures out what they're going to do. What do you think about that division now? Who's really going to lead it? Well, I mean, I think it's gotta be, I
0: think you've got to go with Tennessee from the jump but I think – but Indy I, – I mean, maybe Carson Wentz is, a, is a, in a similar situation to what uh, Ryan Tannehill is in. I think I the mean, Eagles are in that division too, right? The Eagles are in it as well. Ah, uh, no. Eagles are NFC East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, uh, it's Jags in that division.
1: Yeah, Jags. Ja- yeah, Jags, Texans. They're uh, still in rebuilding mode. Whoever cares.
0: Yeah, no. They're not going for it. They're not going for it this year. But, uh, you know, I think – I mean, depending on how Carson Wentz does it, it could be really, it could you know, really be all up in the air, but, you know, and maybe Carson Wentz has the kind of a, maybe kind of has the type of surge that, you know, and kind of redemption that, you know, Tannehill had when he came here, maybe, you know, a lot of the problems that he was having, you know, that kind of that, you know, happened after his MVP season are just a result of the coaching and the situation he was in. Maybe he is able to come back and be, and be a really good guy.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, honestly, I can't really, uh, I can't wait to see how he does, especially since he's with his uh, former QB coach. Yeah. As a head coach, so, I mean.
0: You know, that could definitely, you know, be great for him. I think, you know, just getting him back in a, getting him, you know, I think this is the fresh start that Carson Wentz needs. And, you know, you know, maybe he can, you know, get back and we can see some some of the Carson Wentz that we yeah. used to be used to.
1: I mean, the Julio Jones trade, though. Wow. Like, honestly. It's like remarkable. He's 32, so he's on the end of his career, which is sad to see as a Long-time Alabama fan. I followed him all the way through. I got his, uh, I got his jersey and everything from I, the Falcons. I remember
0: you got his jersey with the Falcons. I remember eighth grade science. I had you uh, take a – it's actually my profile picture of you, uh, my contact photo of Should you to this up. day. I will pull that up. Yeah, it's my contact photo of you to this day. Yeah. And uh, you ha- you're wearing a Julio Jones jersey. And <sighs> I have to find this picture now. You're making me think a little bit. Uh, but you, man you were in a Julio Jones jersey you were like you were like taking a picture in front of a whiteboard and you know it was like it was like the study selfie picture that you took I'm gonna have to do some I'm gonna have to do some research and finding this thing but man that was a that was a funny freaking picture when you did that thing
1: I mean yeah but uh Julio definitely leaving you look at the other people who have done it before uh Terrell Owens he did it with the Eagles when he was 30 made all pro and then um Randy Moss with the Patriots. That's what I was kind of thinking about this thing with. It could. So honestly, I'm really excited. I think he still has a lot left in the tank clearly, and he's going to thrive and do great. I'm just wondering how he's going to share catches. But uh, did they say that he's changing his number or. I mean, he's probably going to have to because AJ Brown has a brown. I thought said he's since it worked, he's going to give up his number. Is he actually he'll give it up. He'll wear eight, and Julio will wear 11. Really? I believe so. I could be wrong, but okay.
0: That that would be pretty big then, if, if he was to, if he was to actually give it up and do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would be definitely very interesting. But uh, apparently, with the uh, there's uh, rumors going around that uh, as soon as they started talking about who's paying off the salary of a uh, Julio and Julio has a massive salary, the Patriots kind of walked out. So, how do you feel about that? You know, after them being in the hunt, apparently they were like in the hunt that one that same day, the same morning they were talking. So.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely discouraged about it because I think that for I think that for the Patriots you know, I. You know that to, could have
1: been the final piece, honestly. That
0: really could have been. I. And you know, legit wide receiver one. We made some great moves this off season. Hunter Henry, you know, John new Smith, Nelson Aguilar. We made great moves this off season. I Mac can't. Jones. Yeah, Mac Jones in, in the draft. I can't doubt that. I mean, you know, we have some other guys too, which we can, which I can't wait to see. Ramondre Stevenson. I finally said his name right on this show. Uh, you know, he could be a he'll, he could be a nice running a nice power running back that we see out of Oklahoma down the line. Uh, but you know. Uh, I, the one thing that we were missing was a solid number one receiver. Now at now uh, a guy like Kendrick Bourne, he might take over the Edelman role of being the slot guy, Nelson Aguilar. He's probably going to be more of a deep threat, but you know, in terms of having a dominant wide receiver, we don't necessarily have that. And you know, m- maybe we don't need it because of guys like, because of guys like, yeah, huh, maybe the system.
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree because definitely the system looks like they're going to be running a uh, two tight end system with play action just to shoot it deep.
0: Yeah. It's going to be kind of,
1: I mean, it's a run-based. It's a run-based team.
0: Yeah, it's a run-based team, and I think it. You know, you look at the Patriots. You know, obviously you had Randy Moss, but outside of him, you know, you weren't really working with too many bigger guys. It was guys like Wes Welker. I guess and yeah,
1: after Gron- like after Gronk, it was Edelman, and then yeah, I mean.
0: I mean, well, I'm talking about like a wider, re- big wide receiver kind of weapon.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I mean.
0: So I mean, it's definitely kind of hard. Yeah, it's it's hard, and you know maybe build maybe Bill just wants to stick with the system. And if he believes he can, if he believes he can work with it, I believe it can work with it. I believe it can work with it. Cause you know what? Last year didn't exist. Last year was a COVID year. No one was in the stands. So, hey, so I mean, it didn't happen.
1: You look, if you really want to see good coaching, you look at the um, week 15 defense for the new England Patriots and name one single player on that defense. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Everyone was out and we somehow did good. Yeah. It's wild still to this day. I mean, any other team coaching that team gets got, absolutely yeah, obliterated. They go one in five. Bill yeah. Belichick somehow almost made us 500. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's remarkable what
0: Bill was able to do for us. But the final thing on the final topic of the show tonight is uh, the USFL. I don't know if you remember those guys. They were a big uh, springtime football league back in, uh back in the early days of, of like the 1980s so. They, you know, they, they were, they were a league uh, started by a bunch of owners. They used to compete against the NFL kind of, you know, for uh, maybe for some football tension and also for some football stars had guys like Reggie white, uh, Jim Kelly, I believe uh, trying to think of some other guys that were, that were with, that were with them, but they had some, they had some really solid, uh, they had some, uh, Steve young was another guy that was with the uh, USFL. They were able to get some really solid guys uh, their first uh, in their years of existence. I think they only lasted uh, like maybe three to six years. It wasn't too long. But in terms of, you know, you think of spring football leagues and successful ones at that, the USFL, for some reason, is still, is still remarked as like, still remarked as like the thing like that could have survived. And I, you know, it was likely that they were maybe going to try a merger with the NFL. Eventually, the whole thing fell apart. And first and you know you look at other leagues that have started up since you look at the AAF which was a complete flop you look at the XFL the first time which only lasted a season you, you saw it you saw it most recently which actually was pretty promising but then COVID kind of ruined it it's going to come back in 2022 but the USFL is also going to look to come back in 2022 which I'm pretty interested to see I think they're only going to do eight teams they're going to try to keep some of the original team names so it's going to be like uh I think it's like the Memphis Express like uh there's like different teams like, uh no, it's the Memphis showboats, uh, the LA express or teams like that, that used to be around. So, you know, getting another springtime football league and having it competing at the XFL, what are your thoughts on it?
1: It's uh, going to flop. I think, I think so. Cause I think you can't really compete with the NFL due a- to marketing and the size and the amount of people that watch it. And then also watch other sports. I mean, you look at, uh like the XFL and sure that was promising. And, opening week was great and everything else but i still don't think it's gonna work out i mean people have tried and failed and there's a reason this isn't around right now and the nfl is
0: yeah there's a thing here's the thing though i think there is a market for springtime football i think that and i think there are people that probably do have that fix that if there was a solid product on the field they would watch it now I think the marketing for many of these leagues has been awful. You think of the fan control football league, which which started up where like fans were like calling the plays. Now, was it an interesting prospect? Yes. Did I think it was ever going to last beyond one season? Hell no. I I that thing. It seems like a cool idea that maybe you do like that maybe you do for like you know a cool little gift, uh, like not a gift but like a kind of like a little gag, and it's like oh the fans control the plays this time, but. It that never seemed like something to me that would last and you know be as promising as like an arena football league, which actually has which actually had a great run and still does in some areas. Still does, are, are, one, yeah. yeah. Arena football is actually really is actually is actually pretty fun because kind of kind of kind of combines football with hockey with the way uh, the, exactly that's actually a pretty interesting uh, sport. But that that even ended up folding after like I think like twenty five years or so. So, you know, you, you got to find a way to do the marketing right. You think of the way they I was I remember how the AAF marketed themselves and. I remember it just happened like I think it was like during the NFL playoffs. I just see it's a white screen. that just says the Alliance coming like like at, coming after the Super Bowl. And I had no idea what the Alliance was. I thought it was like maybe something for like the military, something like that. And like I didn't realize I like, think a football league was starting until like the Super Bowl. I was like I was like, there's a football league. That's what the AAF is. I thought it was like I thought it was like some sort of like a military like insurance benefit I had no idea what the thing was I it was beyond me I was like what the hell is this and then the XFL coming back I was like I was like oh shoot like maybe you can get to see some old guys like uh, Johnny Manziel and Josh Gordon boom no uh apparently uh, the commissioner of the league who was who's the uh WWE guy
1: uh Vince. What's his Vince name? McMahon? I,
0: I was, I'm, I'm an idiot. You know, Vince McMahon comes out and and says, says we're not gonna have any players who, who've ever done marijuana in the, on, in, in the league. I was like, I was like, well, that ruins their, that ruins their odds. Now I don't know what the USF USFL is gonna do. Now I mean, to see Johnny, to see Johnny Manziel and Josh Gordon maybe yeah. uh play football again, that'd be kind of fun for a little bit. I think see.
1: Manziel said on his most recent podcast that he's done. I
0: think he is done, but you know with him i think you know give if you give him you give him the right opportunity i, th- I feel like i he'd think you jump give him it.
1: the right opportunity and the right amount of money he'll do anything. he'll do
0: anything that's what i'm thinking too and you know i think you know josh gordon i i feel i still feel like he wants to play i mean i think I, I think there are plenty of guys out of the league right now i know percy harvin was trying to maybe make an nfl comeback and maybe this is a you know way he wants to maybe get back into football there are plenty of avenues for those guys to go down now it's tough because I think the, they need a good marketing strategy and they haven't had one for forever. I mean, it looks like the XFL was maybe going to be able to survive and maybe the rock does a good job this time, but you know, you need a good marketing strategy because the NFL is always going to have you beaten that. And they're always going to be beaten talent. And the only, and then the only other competing thing is college, which also goes in the fall, but those markets don't really compete with each other. Cause it's like, listen, one is feeding the other and exactly. like, and they know how that works. So I mean, I didn't really watch the FCS playoffs, but, you know, having that in the springtime, honestly, was kind of interesting to see because...
1: You're also competing with the Canadian Football
0: League, too. That as well. I know it isn't as big in the U.S., but up in Canada, obviously, it's huge up there. Like, you think of the Toronto Argonauts and different teams like that competing for the Grey Cup has a lot of promise up there. So, you know, it it's definitely going to take a lot of work if you ever want to get a spring football league to work, but... I think that there definitely is a market for it. And I think that they, I feel like, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this works. If it fails, it fails. And, you know, it's not my money I'm spending
1: on it. Exactly. At the end of the day, they're just out there trying to have fun and try to make the best opportunities for them and their careers. So yeah,
0: it's not my billion dollar idea. So go nuts, try to entertain us and I'll have fun with it. But with that being said, I think it is officially time to say that we are now down to the wire, which means we're gonna go through everything we talked about in this program and send you guys off. So obviously, if you, if you guys are able to hear on the podcast the sounds of nature, it's cause we are again outside outside of my house, wanted to get out and enjoy the weather. Uh you know, pretty calm night. Luckily it's not raining right now. So, you know.
1: Yeah, no, it is a nice uh it is a nice eighty-nine degrees out.
0: Right now, is it eighty-nine?
1: It might be. Let me, you should probably check. I'm going to check that. No, it's, se- it's 79, 79. Okay. Yeah. I'm
0: about to say like, if it's 89 degrees, this is the coolest 89 degrees I've ever felt in my life.
1: Yeah. Um, We talked about the Bruins. Um, ended up
0: actually managing to make a little bit of a comeback, but did lose five to four in that, in that game. Uh, Tuka Rath did get taken out of the game and, uh, and uh, the, and the, kid Swayman did get put in at goal so Bruins and Seven It's got to be Bruins and Seven now. Bruins and Seven it's baby do or die and from there we ended up talking about uh the Floyd Mayweather the Logan Paul bout we talked about Ocho Cinco uh taking on uh taking on Brian Maxwell the uh, former MMA uh guy who's Owen 3 in boxing in that fight technically has a victory now even though there were no judges in the fight that was another thing we Kind of forgot to mention there were no judges in this fight. The only way you're going to have a, a true winner of the uh, fight was had there been a you know pure knockout, and it's like all right, that's just the undisputed answer. But the reason that you know once it got once it went all eight rounds in the Logan Paul fight, it just ended. There was no there was no decision. There were no judges, and it was kind of just for bragging rights. And you know you knew that going in that people still paid money for it. People so, wanted to
1: see them fight, and you know Logan Paul and the Paul brothers. I guess, uh, they're doing stuff that uh. Well, the producers and the uh, promoters. Others, promoters, you know, they got to kind of get on it. It looks like you I talk mean, to them about it. I
0: mean, if it's kind of, if it lights a fire under their ass and it kind of gets them going, I'm all for it. Yeah. So I'm all for that. We then proceeded to talk about uh, Jake Paul taking on Tyron Woodley on August 28th and what, and how that will be, uh, how that will impact his fighting uh, legacy. We then uh, jumped over to NBA and talked about the Celtics blowing up the uh, their front office and with Brad Stevens now going into the president of basketball ops, Danny Ainge, retiring,
1: transitioning a couple of roles there.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously Danny Ainge is going out for health, but uh, you know, kind of a quick question. Do you think he'll be back in basketball or do you think that he's actually done? Cause I guess some, I guess some people are linking him possibly to the Utah jazz cause he bought some property out there. Do you think he, do you think he'll, he might explore that?
1: I mean, yes. And no, I think if anything, he goes to the Suns where he has uh, roots there, but mm. If not, I mean, he had a great career and if he does still continue to go on, I mean, still all, all good luck towards him. Yeah. I mean, Danny
0: H did amazing things for this organization. I hope frankly, for his sake, I know he had a heart attack back in 2019. I think for his sake, it's, it, it'd be best for him to hang it up and just kind of go out, you know, you're going out with the Celtics. You're going out with the organization that I think favored you the most. I think it's, I think it's the best, opp- I think it's the best you know thing to do, to go out here. Uh, we talked about, you know, possible coaching, uh, T- possible coaches who could come over and uh take the take the reins from Brad Stevens and you know try to lead the Celtics team to the uh to banner 18. We talked about uh coach K retiring from Duke basketball as well as LeBron and the Lakers falling to the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs in the first round. Tough. And in NFL news, we talked about Julio Jones to the Tennessee Titans and the and the uh reports that the USFL will reportedly make a comeback in 2022 and it, and you know what and what that and what that means as a potential thing for for spring football uh you know very very good show today i was really uh, happy to talk about these things and john i i i'm hopeful that i'm hopeful that we're able to get you on more episodes this summer
1: i know uh stay tuned guys some big things coming along and absolutely uh, yeah definitely socks swept you know so who cares who cares <laughs> who cares socks swept but yeah it is
0: I, I, obviously it doesn't matter for you guys because this isn't live but it's currently 9 40 uh, p.m on on a monday night here So from down to the wire, I'm Brian Costa.
1: I'm John Warren. And that strike three was legit.
0: (laughs) We'll see you guys next time.